Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. And here we go again. You know what I'm talking about, Alex. This is what we needed to happen. 3-1. The Nuggets are down 3-1 once again. And we love it. This is what we are uh this is what we're here for. This is what we wanted from the Denver Nuggets. We wanted to see them go three down three one again. So we can see if they can do pull off some miracle one. And the answer is no they can't. <laughs> is there a chance? A point zero 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 one percent chance? No. Not of course there is. Not bubble. this time. Oh, whoa. Not this time. A hard zero? Jamal Murray did the shimmy. Wow. He did the shimmy, and it ended. It ended things. This is just it. So that's the nail in the coffin. That shimmy is the nail in the coffin on Denver season in your mind. It was. It was. So the the Lakers wow. won Game Four, one fourteen one oh eight. Alex thought he got that little that backdoor push. I mean that backdoor cover. He did not get it. It was a push. Neither of us got it. It was a push. It but, sucks. Uh, I, the, the whole fourth quarter, I was operating under the uh, the assumption that it was a six and a half point spread. It was not. So it was a six. I was focused on the game, but also so close to winning like twenty thousand dollars in Fanduel, like the closest I've ever been on from Thursday night football. I, I ended up two points out of first place. Which in those big contests means I only won seventy, which is still pretty good. I'll take it, but it's oh, not. You still, oh, okay. You still took um. All right. I still won seventy five bucks, but it's not. We should mention. We should mention. 20, you almost 000. won a boatload of money last night on oh, yeah. basketball. I'm on a roll on Fanduel right now. Like not winning big contests, but winning some money. I'm getting better. But uh, let's talk basketball. So Lakers win game four, one fourteen, one oh eight. Um, weird game, kinda, because it seemed like the Lakers came out. They were gonna dominate. It looked to me. I thought they were gonna dominate this game, the way they played. Frank Vogel listened to the last episode. He listened to yesterday when I said, you know, I don't know if they need to start Dwight Howard, but I might. But he definitely needs to play earlier because he makes a big impact on Jokic. And they started him. And six point game. That's probably ends up being the difference in this one. He was a monster. He, I mean, I know he's been hyped this whole series, but I guess starting your first conference finals game since 2005 really, really gets your juices going. Dude had, wow, was 11 points, 10 rebounds in the was first that half. the year he went to the finals? Yeah, it's the last, well, it's the last time he went to the conference was, finals. Was 2005 the finals with the Magic, right? Yeah, I think so. But uh, um, six offensive Do you have in rebounds. front of you the numbers he played in the second half? Uh, I mean, he he finished with like 13 and 12 or something like that. So he really didn't do much in the second half. But it, he did what he had to do. And Jokic only took 13 right. shots in the game. So the numbers, I mean, obviously getting 11 and 10, six offensive boards, like the Lakers had 18 second chance points in the first half. Denver had six in the game. So Dwight, obviously, Dwight and AD not missing in the first half was the story there, right? But even though 
Dwight didn't put up any numbers in the second half. Jokic only taking 13 shots is the number. Because he finishes with 16 yeah, points. He only went to the free throw line three times. Dwight stayed out of foul trouble, which has been the biggest issue for him in the series. He uh, he looked great, man. He looked great. Those those shoulders, they really they really carried quite a load in this game. Boulder shoulders. You, I mean, That's I love those. And th- those are some those are some shoulders, man. You gotta love those shoulders if you're a Laker fan. And it's talked about it last night. It's very clear that Jokic is feeling those shoulders. Um, just not comfortable. I forget what point in the game. I think it was the fourth quarter, but Jokic had one of his few nice plays on the night and he took it right at Anthony Davis. And it just, it just reaffirmed in my mind. He's not feeling Anthony Davis. Like he's feeling Dwight Howard out there. Um, What a move by Vogel. What a move by you, honestly. I mean, we, at this point we know Vogel's listening to the show, right? He heard you say it made the switch. So it's just so weird to me. Like if you're listening, yeah, it's so weird to me how Jokic is so good, but Something about Dwight. He just clearly not comfortable attacking him. He's not comfortable shooting over him. He's not comfortable. I look, I get. I mean, when Dwight Howard, he he's been in the league for a long time. He's not what he once was, but he is still a monster. He is super strong and he's super athletic. So when you have to try to post him up and score on him, I, I can see why it'd be frustrating. Plus, the way he's playing. It's super aggressive. It's not like how he, he didn't used to defend this way, but I think he just knows he that's what he needs to be is sort of that pest type of defender. But even mm-hmm. like the way he's he's reaching and he's swiping at the ball more and he's doing things that you probably don't want to do against Jokic, which normally would get him into foul trouble. But it's just turned out that it's just really, really pissing Jokic off, clearly. Not, you know, visibly, but in his game. So my theory is, you know, how, how many guys in the league do you think uh, Jokic does not have the uh, the strength or weight advantage on? You know, I mean, it's probably very rarely that he's in the post. Well, he's, and he he's lost not, a lot of weight. Maybe you know, the you know we we made this big deal about him losing all that weight. Maybe he needs that weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I'm trying to. I, I guess Gobert. I mean, Gobert isn't like. I mean, he's long, but he definitely just doesn't have the like girth that uh, Dwight's bringing. No, no one's got. No one's got the Dwight girth. <laughs> no one's got that girth um the other thing i want to say is i've never been a huge dwight howard fan but you really have to respect his slide into a role player situation it's kind of rare that you see a legit superstar listen um, i have really embrace a role player role i have i have shitted on dwight howard for so long i like honest i really i there was when i was at cbs uh the show that I produced for a long time, the the host would do like, he would do like these monologues and takes and I would write some and give them and produce segments. And one of them that I did was about Dwight. It was a few years ago, but it was basically breaking down how since he got Stan Van Gundy fired, every team he goes to gets substantially worse and their coaches or their GMs are both all get fired. And it was like clockwork. It was happening everywhere he went. It became a thing. We did it on the show. And then he and my, the host ended up getting radio calls and talking about this story like all over the country and all the places that Dwight had played because they were all like, man, you're right. Dwight's a, Dwight's a curse. Like, it, I, I've been, I've shit on him for a really long time because 
the truth is he's been a he's been really bad for a long time. So yeah, the I his mean, decline. It, yeah, his I mean, decline was kind of like unlike any other. Honestly, I mean, he was supposed to be the guy his first trip to L.A. and he was just brutal. Doesn't work out in Houston. Um, but I'm kind of trying to think of a guy that was at his level of superstardom that embraced a uh, a role-player role in his mid-30s and might get a ring out of it. Um, nobody's really popping into my mind. I'm talking about, like, I mean, he was the guy on a on a finals team I mean, with the Magic. Um, you mean a, a, a franchise-level player written his who whole became career off. A, You're saying, like, a franchise-level player who becomes a role-player. The closest thing I can think is, like... Andre Iguodala, Vince Carter, Andre Iguodala, who was like, he was never Dwight Howard level, but I mean, when he was in Philly, he was like arguably one of your franchise guys, right? Yeah, but definitely not the level. No, 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 no. I mean, very few people were. You're right. He, the guy took the Magic to the finals. Yeah, you're building that franchise was built around Dwight Howard, uh, and he deserved it. But I think it was a a combination of. He declined a little bit, and the league, as he was declining, the league was also just changing. Yeah, he, like changing. he's there's no place for a guy like him to be a franchise player anymore. You just can't. I mean, like imagine, you know, you look at a guy like Rudy Gobert, who, if he was playing back when Dwight was a dominant player, think about how much better he m- might be looked at as as well, right? Because you look at Rudy mm-hmm. and you're like, he's incredible, but he's Great defender, but you're not building around Rudy. But back, like in 2005, when Dwight was taking a team to the finals, you would have built your team around a guy like Rudy Gobert. So I think that's yeah. that's part of what sort of brought on the Dwight Howard decline too. Is the the league just totally began to change, and he also did get this repu- that reputation for going places and just sort of ruining the, the chemistry. Yeah, because I think he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, that that hasn't changed. I don't think, but uh, good for him for uh, it's been amazing in here. what he's done. He's gonna, what he's yeah. done here. I mean, he's he's. I, I don't want to say he saved the series because the series was never, you know, going anywhere. But I mean, they're still up two one, and now they're up three one. But we've seen with Denver the way things can turn around, and it look. I mean, after last game anything was anything could have happened in this game they still only won by six points and dwight six offensive rebounds i mean he was getting he was getting like tip dunks and ones in the first half it was crazy dude i'm looking at these rebound numbers that in the fourth quarter for sure the offensive rebounds is really what i think prevented denver from uh i mean they were hanging in there the whole game and then Right when it's every time it seemed like they had a stretch where they could potentially tie the game or jump ahead, they would give up an offensive rebound that led to a bucket. And now I'm looking at their rebounding numbers and like Jokic with four defensive rebounds. That's pretty brutal. Sure. Yeah. Jeremy Grant with two. Um, How about Anthony Davis again, though? Didn't have yeah, a rebound. What's going on didn't there? Have, didn't have a rebound in the first half, finished with five rebounds. Is that like by design or, or like I what, don't what's, know what's going, going on? on there? I mean, I guess today it, it, this game was a, was a little bit because of Dwight, probably. Mm-hmm. LeBron also got had nine rebounds, and he had I think he had nine rebounds last game or ten last game too. You know, the interesting thing when I was watching AD, what I thought about today with Anthony Davis was, I I I've always considered him a top five or six player in the NBA. 
And I think it's pretty clear. He's He is that, just from a talent level. And I think part of what is always, when I watch him, that is that I look at him, I'm like, I can't put him in the conversation for one, two, three on that level because I ne- he never I never looked at him like, this guy's never going to be like a, he's not a wing player who's going to just break you down and get his own shot from anywhere on the floor. I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah, he's 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 kind of he's kind of got it all at this point, yeah. right? He's a hundred percent capable of it, but like the consistency now is starting to appear where it he's doing it just way more often. I, and he's, I, but I he's also exactly just showing like I like to to in in game four, they just were giving it to him in the post, and he was taking advantage of Millsap. He had uh, fourteen in the first quarter. I think he finished with nineteen in the first half, something like that. Uh, and that was it. But then there's also just the way he, he he can shoot the three from anywhere on the floor, above the break, corner threes. But he also now, uh, you know what? I love his pity pack. I mean, I do. Wow. It's, it's, uh, he, he can break guys down off the dribble. He just kind of he just kind of has everything going right now in his offensive game. And that's always, for me, what has sort of kept him out of the conversation forever being the best player in the NBA. Yeah. Look, I don't want to pivot too hard here, but I do think we may have buried the lead in that Reggie Miller said pity pat again today on the broadcast. I know. I was going to cut it, but I just what didn't have time. What the hell is going on, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a hard pivot. But I don't want to bury it what AD's doing. Because they keep bringing up the consistency thing. But again, this guy's averaged 30 a game for his career in the playoffs. He's averaging 30 in these playoffs. So I'm not even really sure where the consistent... I guess because he's so good, he is so talented that they're like, he should be getting 40 a game? Like I'm not really (laughs) sure because this consistency thing with AD keeps coming up. But what more more is he going to... I mean, he needs to rebound the ball better. Um, more consistently, which he normally does. But you're talking about a top two defensive player in the NBA who's averaging 30 points a game. How much better and consistent can he be? And yeah. right now, who are, you ta- who are you taking over him in the NBA right now? LeBron. <laughs> but right. they're on the same team, sure. which is extremely <laughs> problematic for everybody. Um, nobody else, though. Isn't he only like 25 still, too? That would be. Sh- I think he's closer to twenty eight. No, he's twenty seven. Okay, really? Yeah. Oh, still twenty seven. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he's got five, six more years of his. He had a scary peak. fall. It's- he had that scary fall that didn't look good that, when he came yeah. down. Not, not to uh, alter this series, but if I mean, not having him, having him any less than a hundred percent in the finals. Yeah, well, maybe that'll maybe that'll equal yeah. depending on what's wrong with Bam. Maybe that'll e- they'll equal out. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that's the that's the only knock I'll give on Anthony Davis is every time even a little thing happens to him, I feel like it's the the his career might be over. I felt that way since he was at Kentucky. He when he goes down, he goes down like he got shot, and it wasn't and it was bad. It was bad, but mm-hmm. he was doing that. In, I remember watching a game when he was at Kentucky, where he got fouled really hard, and I was still in Charlotte at the time. I was watching it in my office. And he went over to the bench and he wasn't crying, but he was like in serious pain and it was his shoulder. And he was like, 
doing the thing where he like they were testing to see if he could like raise his shoulder and he couldn't get his arm like passed straight out like he was just like uh, like struggling and i went out one of our scouts sat in like the bullpen outside of where my the video room was and i went out and i go dude your boy anthony davis might be done for the year like he, he might be done he can't raise his arm he's fin- i like it it looks bad and i went back in my office he's back in the game oh my god it's just he's always it's always been sort of dramatic and because i think he's so skinny and fr- like not frail, obviously, but frail looking because he's so long mm-hmm. and skinny. Anytime he gets hurt, it looks like game over. I wonder if uh, it has something to do with that insane growth spurt he went through, you know, where his That's muscles. True. He was a point I, guard, I mean, right? Going into vulnerable. his senior year. Yeah. Um, even in this game, honestly, I, I want to say two or three plays before the ugly ankle injury, uh, he was setting a screen and I forget who it was, but they, they ran through the screen and, uh, and he looked extremely injured. Like he looked like he maybe broke a rib or, or so, like he was in extreme pain and then he was fine. Like, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying where, I mean, I don't know if it's an overreaction. He does play hard. I'm not taking that away from him, but uh, yeah, it's worrisome. Um, it would, I mean, it hasn't, oh, it hasn't been like career altering or anything. So he's been fine. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. pretty much gutted out. I don't think he's had any like major, major injuries. Right. Oh, he has early. I think his second year in the league, first or second year in the league, he missed significant time. Yeah, he's um, never been and out. And he's for just the year, always though, been right? like dinged up after that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I would say the way he's playing right now, and it's hard because how much do you attribute? The, you, normally, I would say, all right, well, he's playing with LeBron, and LeBron makes everyone look better. But the way the Lakers' offense is, particularly in the half court, it's all ISO. I mean. You could you could give LeBron credit for how good AD is playing, because that's what LeBron does to players. He makes them better. But AD's the reason why I feel like he has sort of elevated himself from top five to potentially top two or three, is because he can score in in any way now. And you could just mm-hmm. give him the ball, which they did. They came out this game and they're like, "Here, take it. Go do whatever you want," and he couldn't be stopped. He's being guarded by a guy who's five inches shorter than him. But still, he hadn't... They they set a stat on the broadcast. Millsap had been locking him up in the series. So it's just really impressive. And then... But other than that, like, it's just so weird because the Lakers half-court offense is still not very good. But, you know, they had the second-chance points. 14 points off turnovers, 17 fast break points. When you, I mean, you know, if you're Denver, that kills you. All that, those numbers right there kill you because even with LeBron and AD scoring, combining for 60, you probably still had a really good shot to win that game. And it's credit to the Lakers' defense too, turning them over, getting out and running. But I was say, look at Jokic with 16 points. That's your, I mean, they that shot points 50%. right back to Dwight. They shot 50% from the field, though, Denver. They shot 60% in the first half. Like, it, yeah, it, it all point. You're right. You're right. Points back to Dwight because their role players all played really well. Jeremy Grant had another great game. Michael Porter Jr. and Monty Morris, both great games. I mean, Monty Morris and Michael Porter Jr. combined nine of 15 from the field for 25 points. Jeremy Grant gives you 17 points. Like with those three guys combining for 42, you should win. And you get everything you're going to get from Jamal Murray too. Yeah. Yeah. Murray's just legendary. 32. 
Yeah. Playing another 45 minutes, too. My goodness, that guy. How good is he? Like, where is he ranked now after this playoffs? That is a great question. Um, I know we're going to do that at some point in the offseason, come up with our list, but I'm going to, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to rank him way higher than I should just because everybody this is. Has everybody been so, is. Yeah. It's, but man, if he can carry this over to next season, I mean, he's a top 20, 20 player for sure. I'm, he might push 15. I don't know. I still couldn't Too do high. it. But and I still couldn't do that. But it's, whew, man, he is just really, it's, it's something, it's crazy. It is pretty wild what he has done in these playoffs. And they've been down 3 1 twice, so it may not be over. I think it's, I think it's over. But, uh, you know what's, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I mean, it's over. They're going to lose one more game. But he's going to go down swinging. This team is. Every time I think the Lakers, it's it's happened every series. Every time I thought the Clippers were going to come out and blow them out and just finish it, they came. They kept it close. I thought the Lakers were going to blow them out tonight. Kept it close. It's just super impressive what they've done. But if, you're nug- if Dwight can if stay out of foul fan. trouble and guard Jokic like this, they have no shot. I was going to say, if you're a Nuggets fan, I mean – this is one of the rare times where you're where a season is going to end without a championship and you're thrilled. Like you learned so much about what this team has moving forward. Um, man, yeah. it's just, it's the ceiling is so ridiculous. And, and like most of the time when you lose four, one to a LeBron team, if they lose four, one, you pretty much got smoked. Like, mm-hmm. like think Not about case, those, right? think about like when LeBron was in the East and just running through teams. Like they would win four oh four one and it was just like, oh man. All right, let's just get this over with. Let's mm-hmm. get LeBron into the finals, you know. But this series, even if they win four one, it's been competitive the whole yeah. way. Except for, an an- except for like Anthony game Davis one. Davis' best shot ever yeah. in his career. Um and True. Yeah, it could still be two one Denver right now. Or three it could be two two, I mean. Yeah. 100%. Very easily. Even tonight, it could be 3-1 Denver because tonight Denver could have won this game. It's just Dwight Howard having his best game in probably 15 years for the Lakers to win. Yeah, that's not hyperbole either. That, that I think this is legit his, his best game in, since at least Houston, right? He stunk in Houston, didn't he? I'm just assuming he had like some 25. Oh, they might have gone to the – wait, didn't they go to the Western Conference Finals or was that after he left? They went to the Western Conference Finals, and then the next year is when McHale got fired, and everything just went to shit. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he had a good year. But again, Kevin McHale got fired after Dwight left. You know who else got fired? Mike D'Antoni by the Lakers. You know who else got fired? Stan Van Gundy. You know who else got fired? Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta. Mike Budenholzer, coach of the year. (laughs) Oh, he didn't get fired. He stepped down. Wes Wilcox got fired, though. The guy, he just crushed it. You know who else got fired? Steve Clifford in Charlotte. Dwight's not right. But now he's back, and he's a great redemption story. We all love a redemption story. Lakers, Heat, Finals. Uh, one other thing was just that just amazes me from this game is Kuzma get had 10 points, and they were like all over him like he was having this great game. That's a great game for Kyle Kuzma now. Get him out of there. 
They were yeah. they were like all all over. Oh, he's on fire. He's the he's scoring. He had ten points. He was four of eleven. They were talking about him a lot. For I was expecting to look at his box score and he had like 17, 18 points. Yeah, he's just it's he just, just like fit. what we've seen in his first couple of years in the league, talent level wise, is just not matching up with his production, and that points to fit. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he comes out and has a big finals. They have a matchup there. I, I don't know. I don't see it. No, I think I he's kind either. of better suited to be really like uh, a number two player on a a way a much different team than this one. Yeah. Uh, are you so you think Denver's going to win next game? Are you doing the Boston thing where you're guaranteeing Denver wins next game? No, no. I'll, I'll guarantee they cover. How about that? Well, we don't know what the spread is yet. It'll yeah, probably be similar. Gonna... It'll be probably around six or something. Uh, Actually, no, I don't guarantee they cover. Something tells me they're 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 out of gas after this one. Jokic may have uh, hit his wall. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about today too with this Heat Lakers final, assuming it's what we get, and we'll talk about this a, a lot when we preview it. You know, I mean, it, if they both win their next game, the finals start next Wednesday, which is wild. Um, Frank Vogel versus Eric Spolstra. Spolstra beat. Vogel three years in a row, I think, in the final, in the playoffs in Miami. Maybe maybe more. I don't remember. I know for th- for sure three. So that's a fun that's a fun little side story there. Yeah, I we mean, were talking because we talked about going into the Celtics Heat. How Spolstra, Brad Stevens was a cool story, but like a little subplot. But Vogel and Spo actually have history, like legit history. No, I was actually, th- this is in the same vein. I was thinking they should vote for coach of the year after this, the postseason. Like it just. But they're I, all regular season awards, dude. Like, I don't know. Then they, then they need to have a, a postseason coach of. The postseason? A postseason just, coach of the postseason? Yeah, postseason coach. Yeah. Of the postseason. Yeah, postseason coach of the postseason. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. That's I, the, yeah. I'm okay with that, that award. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, who won it? Nick Nurse won it and he. He, not, well, he coached not a, his ass off, dude. He coached his ass off. Yeah. He did. Like, they didn't, they weren't the best team in that series and they almost won it. I need, I need another award. That's what I need. Postseason coach of the postseason. Yeah. Uh, all right. Game five tonight Heat Celtics. Celtics are minus three point favorites. I don't understand Vegas. Um, That's weird. But I'll give you, you, I'll give you my pick. You ready? Are you ready for my pick? Mm-hmm. Can you feel the heat down in your soul? Can you see the heat there in control? Can you feel it? Can you see it? Five, six years of knowing him, it's bliss. He loves the song. I love the song. I can't say enough how good the lyrics of that song are. The simplicity, uh, it just it just hits. 
Yeah, I feel like Kendrick Perkins. It's just uh, suddenly all in on the heat. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins didn't provide me with uh, those sweet tunes, so you've got him beat in that respect. But uh, That's fair. Yeah, what's going on here? Are you a Heat fan now? or No, I, it's not even a Heat fan. I just know. I just, I feel the heat down in my soul, and I know they're winning game five, and they're going to the NBA championship, which I will say... I don't, I've never lived here when the Heat won a title. I grew up down here, but I never lived here when they won a championship. I was in college for the first title, and I was in Charlotte for the, the, the LeBron era. So I've never actually lived in South Florida when they won a championship. So I guess that, that, that would be cool if they did that. Mm-hmm. Now you can physically feel the heat and you you're, I feel you're on board. It. Yeah. You know, it's got to be. It. Um, get to, I get to I, go to the, I get to uh, go to um, the parade that will inevitably is going to turn into like a riot, I'm sure, of some sort. Yeah. That's, <laughs> this will be the first parade with a uh, global pandemic. I, so that's going to be interesting. Do, they're not going to do a parade. Although, if they were ever going to do a parade at this time, it would be here. It'd be some South Florida people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I've dug myself into a corner here with the Celtics. So I'm going to ride or die with them and I will embrace being wrong. It's kind of, kind of my thing now is, uh, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And, you know, I can be butthurt about it, but I'm picking the Celtics minus three. Uh, and I'm still predicting at least a game seven here. Jeez. Go ahead. Go. Jesus. <laughs> He's he's laughing. Where's he's the word right in my face? Where's the drop of me saying you're out of your fucking mind? Uh, I, I I hope you clipped it off. I hope. I mean, Bam said he was fine, so I'm going. I I don't, I don't think there's a chance. Okay. Uh, I can't, you you just listen, man. That bet is clouding your judgment. Well, all the games have been close. That is true. I mean, it's not like I know, but you're holding on to this this absurd hope that the Celtics are going to win the East and you're going to win some money. It's really not even that much money. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on here. I think that's absolutely what's going on. It's like, it's like this. It's like, uh, tonight in FanDuel, when I knew the Dolphins weren't going to throw, I was screaming at my TV for them to throw one pass to Mike Yosicki because I would have won $20,000. That's it. I just needed one catch. It's like that. This is like an, ir- an irrational thing where you know it's not going to happen, but you get there's money on the line, so you gotta. No, see that's why I think both of these things were completely rational. Why couldn't either? Why couldn't? Well, mine. Kisiki... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mine had a lot better chance of happening than yours does. Then, then the Celtics forcing a game seven. Yes. I just don't think it's one, that crazy. Wait, hold on. Mike Kosicki catching one pass, or the Celtics winning two in a row here. For, I didn't know who Mike Kosicki was before tonight, so I, I mean... Do you know who... Do you, So you still don't know who he is? No, he's a Dolphins tight end, right? Oh, were you watching the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was uh, flipping back and forth on commercials because I'm dedicated to the NBA and the podcast. Him, I had them both on. Wait, you don't, have a, you don't have a computer or something? Come on, dude. No, I don't own a computer. Nope. Um, yeah, I'm going to Heat to cover, obviously, because I think they're going to win, so... I would play that music again. I, I bet if you're not a Miami Heat fan and you're listening to the last couple pods, you get really frustrated when I let the whole minute play out of that song. 
no way it's too good you you, you can't get frustrated during that look i'm gonna i'm gonna give myself a homework assignment and uh, next episode i will have for you who wrote and produced that song okay i'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not that it. hard i mean i got the, the song from youtube so it's probably on there i just didn't really look i thought you were gonna say like the sixers have some kind of song that oh you, they do the Sixers song's incredible are you kidding me i'll bring that to the table next Is how it, would i i wouldn't know that i don't care about the sixers oh it's a great song it's probably number two to that song. That let's let's end the show talking about the Sixers because okay. I, I do want to bring this up. So I saw this these rumors percolating today that Ooh, the word. part of the reason or a, a big part of the reason why the the Sixers are going hard after D'Antoni is because they think that it would give them an in to possibly get James Harden. So would that be via trade or in two years when his contract is up? That's that's all I up for debate. I'm assuming. Dig that far into it because I don't think it's realistic. But I mean, I, I look if they're willing to give up Ben Simmons, maybe it's a trade because okay. I could see if Daryl Morey was like, "All right, we did what we had to do. We did what we could here. We've done about what we th- what we can accomplish with James Harden." I'm ready to make a move. Give me Ben Simmons. And I don't know what else, but because I wouldn't take Joel Embiid. Not, I I just, that's me personally. Maybe they would, but I, I just wouldn't. I think, I personally still think you can build a team, a better team around Ben Simmons. And particularly the way Daryl Morey likes to play, um, even though he can't shoot. You can put you could put four shooters around Ben Simmons and have a pretty good team. Yeah, I don't think you can I do mean, that with so Joel Embiid. But either way, I, be- I think if it was, if it was going to be a rumor, trade, it's possible. Uh, yeah, I believe the rumor in the sense either, either way, trade or free agency. Free agency because Sixers ownership and management is such a mess that they might actually think a 33 year old James Harden is a selling point to and a reason to hire a coach. Um, <laughs> That's true. A trade because we've seen Elton Brand go balls out and uh, and really shake up this roster. So I buy it. I don't think it, I mean I know it's just a report, um, but it's. I was looking at the ro- the Sixers roster again in the contract situation. It, it's a real mess right now. Um, so I, I hope they wouldn't make a coaching hire based on uh, a possible uh, free agent acquisition in two years. But I, I really don't know. I, I I think the I think the franchise has lost its way a little bit. But I don't know. You think? I'll take James Harden. I'll take James Harden right now. I don't know about in two years. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't think D'Antoni would be good. Would be a good coach for the Sixers as currently constructed. So if they really do want to hire him, they got to make some moves because that team is that is not a D'Antoni team. Right. And I also think that maybe that's this is coming out because D'Antoni is probably like I'm not coming there unless you make moves. Because he could go to Indy, which is not the sexiest job, but I think from a roster construction standpoint, they are more they fit more of a the mold of a D'Antoni team, and they were better than the Sixers this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the glaring piece is Al Horford. Like that, I just don't see Al Horford fitting in a in his offense. And I don't think I, it, I don't think Embiid does either. I just don't. Like that's, that's fair. Yeah, but. But you can move Embiid a lot easier than you can move Al Horford. Um, I, I don't. He know. still has value. Yeah. 
last and uh, last Sixers thing. This is a separate Sixers thing. Oh, did you see or hear Allen Iverson on all the smoke? I did hear that he was on it. I didn't listen to it. Go, go listen to it. Okay. I mean, any any NBA fan would appreciate it just because he who he is. But there's just some moments in it that are just so so like the just classic, great Iverson moments. Um. But and then there's there's also a moment that got me a little, got me a little emotional. Really, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes basically talking, telling AI, I I I didn't listen to the whole thing, so I just listen, I just watched some of these clips, and they're so a little out of context, so I don't know the whole conversation. But they're basically telling Iverson about how he revolutionized a lot of things, like the tattoos and the fashion and all that stuff, and how not just athletes but rappers and a, a lot of people of a certain generation are the way they are because of Iverson and how much they look up to him and then Steven Jackson was just like we can't lose you we lost Kobe we need you around so it was just like this and I was like man why I, I, I got to hear the rest of the conversation now because I don't know what what sparked him to, to even bring up Kobe was Iverson talking about it being depressed or so I, I don't know so I'm really interested to, to go listen to it. Interesting. I have some thoughts there. I, I don't really want to speculate, um, but it, it just wouldn't su- surprise me if, if he's had Iverson a rough go was, of it. What's that? He's had a rough go of it. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't be surprised if he's having some, some substance issues. Um, he's had it. Yeah. Yeah. When he I, pops I, up on, listen, I was with him for half, for three months in Memphis. He's a pretty wild dude. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him him. That's why he's the man. But he's also not that specifically, but the way he is, he's a unique guy and uh, he's a legend in Philly without winning a ring, which hard to do. He's a legend everywhere. I mean, there's, there's very few guys that really, truly you could say impacted a sport without winning a ring the way he impacted. Yeah. Not just the NBA, all sports. He's just a different different breed at that time there were just wasn't a lot of guys like him and a lot of guys sort of molded themselves around like he would just he sort of introduced a level of i guess cool as that kind of sounds into sports that weren't really there at that time everything was a little more buttoned up Mm -hmm. so go watch it if you you can give that a listen for sure yeah worth worth checking out so that'll probably be the only time unless we have a guest that i plug another podcast so be it. Uh, all right. Have a good weekend, everybody. By the way, a lot of you guys, a lot of people listening, a lot of new listeners. We appreciate you. We really, it's Love it's you. amazing because we really are growing every week. Me and Alex text each other about the numbers probably five times a day because they keep growing. And we're like, what is happening? This is cool. But that also means there's a lot of you out there who haven't gone and rated or reviewed or subscribed on iTunes because we got to get those ratings up, baby. Even if you don't listen on, on, on Apple pods, just go leave a review. Helps us out. Get us in the ratings. Help us get the big bucks. All right. See you on Monday. And I predict we will have an NBA finals matchup. Peace.